Hello, everybody. Welcome to Kafaru Cast. We hope your season is going great. I got Frank across from me, and I have got the great Corbin Williams from Corbin's Archery on the mic. What's up, dude? What's up, man? Hope y'all are doing well. Uh, I am. I don't know about Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Friday. <laughs> there you go. It's Friday. Corbin, you've you're down in Texas. You've uh, you've got a pro shop, and you are also a psychiatrist as well, right? Uh, yes, sir. We got a archer shop down here and i am a school psychologist so so like I, if i, I call you busy. for tuning can i also ask you about my feelings and shit you bet i'll, I'll sit you, uh, while i'm tuning your bow you can sit down on the couch and i'll tune your bow and we can get two things done at one time can you tell us why he's <laughs> always drawn pictures of wieners <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big of a deal and i'm not a very good artist yeah. so most people can't even tell what it is they're like hey is that a chia pet i'm like no 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 <laughs> Uh, uh, so, I'm not that good, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. So uh, what have you been at? It's 2007, 2008. Did you get things going with your with your shop? Yes, sir. 2008 is when we started um, just trying to, to take a shop that cared about tuning. That's how we started. Just wanted to build build bows up that people could lead with and actually cared about how their arrows were flying as opposed to just throwing something on and saying, hey, leave, the door, leave out the door and you're good to go. Good Lord, my phone never stops. Yeah, well, that's that's cool. I know Sc- Scotty, uh, my buddy, you know, obviously the one I, I hunt with and, uh, you know, guide for and everything, he was the one. Yeah. He's like, man, I drove down to Corbin's. That place is kind of in the middle of nowhere, but he's got his shit together. <laughs> so are, are, are you kind of out in the sticks? Man, we are an hour and a half from the biggest town. We are a rural community, so we only have 6,000 people in our town. But everybody's driving down from all over to come down to tune bows and shoot the crap with us, obviously. But yeah, middle of nowhere. Um, West Texas, so not far from New Mexico. And then like 20 minutes from New Mexico, we're closer to New Mexico than we are from another Texas town. Dang. Seminole, so. <laughs> so with the... Uh, deer country. Yeah, no, no, yeah, that's no kidding. One of the things I wanted to cover before we get going too much, uh, you were cool enough to do a giveaway, which we're going to announce on social media uh, but man, uh, why don't you go? What, what do you What are you handing out to the listeners? And and we really appreciate you doing that for us, man. Happily, I got permission to give away one of the brand new 2021 yet to be released Matthews boats. So I can't even tell you the name of it yet, but we get to give that out. And what we'll do is we'll set it up for whoever wins it. So I'll I'll run I'll build the arrows. We'll tune it. We'll bear shaft tune it. We'll do it everything for the customer or a customer for the winter, however it needs to be, um, draw links, everything, we'll get them rocking. And if they decide to come down to pick it up, we'll get their hotel room and they can hang out with us and all that. Dang, man. Frank? Yeah. Get cool some setup. gold teeth. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds awesome. Have you uh, have you had your hands on this bow yet, or is it uh, is it yet to uh, be released to, to dealers as well? It, it only, only the special people have it so far. So we're one of the largest, Matthew's largest dealers, but yet we don't even have it yet. Um, I, I think we got two weeks before that boat's out on the market and we have it in the shop for me to even see. So it's pretty special for me to be able to give it away. I'm, it's kind of cool. Ryan up at Matthew said, yeah, man, we'll take care of you. Let's hook them up. So I said, all right. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of good stuff about Matthews lately. A lot of a lot of people shot that bow this year and a lot of people liked it. Did you, uh, I think uh, Luke's got one, a bunch of guys that, the local archery shops here, they, those guys are shooting them. So, yeah, that's that's pretty exciting for our listeners. It's like y'all were talking about the other day on one of the casts of how the bows are, everything on the market is phenomenal. It's hard to 
find a bow that's not phenomenal right now. I know, but yeah, we're really impressed with them. What all do you offer at your shop down there as far as, um, you know, bows and then sights, all the, the primary stuff, arrows, everything else just so, and then where are you located? I guess we skipped that part. You said it was rural, but (laughs) we forgot the name of town. (laughs) Yeah. So we're in Seminole, Texas. So, um, the oil patch of, of West Texas. So Midland, Odessa area, the Permian basin, Seminole, Texas. And in the shop, man, we offer every brand that's out there from Matthews to PSE to Bowtech to Elite to, oh my gosh, Hoyt. And just every, every, we carry everything in the shop because of where we are. We just want to make sure everybody has access to those products. So we carry Easton, Gold Tip, Black Eagle, Arrows. Those are our main arrow companies that we keep in the shop. Um, just because we can build off of them. Most of our builds start with a bear shaft, and then we start building the, bow, the arrow to the bow to try to keep a center shot at rest and tune the arrow into the bow. Obviously, I have to make small adjustments, but those arrows have been where we stick with. Gotcha. What about sights, arrow rest, all that kind of stuff? We stock everything uh, from Matthew, uh, sorry, from the Matthews rest, the Hoyt rest, to the QADs, to the hand skis, to the AAEs. Oh my gosh, there's so many things hanging on the wall right now. <laughs> and then all the, all the spot hog, our biggest sellers are spot hog. And then we've got Excel and some trophy ridge and everything that you can imagine brand wise. It's, it's on the wall right now. I'm looking at it going, Oh gosh, there's so many names. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you had kind of a hole in the wall at first and then you built a pretty kick ass <laughs> facility from now. This is just going off of what I've been told because people yeah. that, people have asked me i'm like well i've never dealt with them but i've seen them around yeah i saw you on uh, archery talk where uh, people go to die and bitch um is, uh, from my opinion <laughs> but i saw you on there a bunch and then uh it but your facility now is uh, pretty kick-ass did you save up for that and kind of you know obviously if you, you you're a psychiatrist uh you <laughs> you're uh, been in school for a while did you kind of project like okay i get to this point and i'm gonna make a go of it and go full bore or what how's that kind of come about um I like to be busy, and this is how that started. So we had a bowstring company that we ran for multiple years, and then I had another larger company come in and say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna take you over." And I said, "Sounds good to me." And then we had already always been selling our bows as a part of that, and so we would get some small place, which Scotty has. Scotty went to the old place, you know, the first time he came down, and we call it the hole in the wall barbecue joint. You have to actually call us to find it, <laughs> and. Uh, we we started looking at this, and we have an amazing town here. And we wanted to build something to give back to the kids and the community here. So I built, I went to them, and they helped us get the location and the spot to build a new shop, which is 7,200 square feet. We put a little three-lane pistol lane, which our main thing is archery, but we put that in so that we could do 4-H shooting for our kids. And we built this one, and... As, so as an aspiration of what I was going to do, never thought we would do something like this. Not in my right mind, and my wife would sit there and punch me and say, yeah, we were never going to do this. But uh, it was kind of a dream, chasing that American thing, uh, the dream of, okay, I'm going to try it, and we're going to bust our tails. We're going to work 100 million hours in order to make it work, and we're here now, middle of COVID, right? Building middle of a COVID pandemic, and it's been good. People support us and love the new shop. It's, it's nice to build a service people. So we've got like four four bow uh, presses set up. Anybody that comes in, we can do a full bow tune and get you taken care of in the same day. It's been fun. It sounds like it. You carry Swarovski uh, as well, don't you? Yes, sir. 
Oh, yes, sir. I only well, know that because I just ordered some NLs from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we, I will tell you we're a unique shop, and if I don't like a product, I'm not going to keep it. So if I have something that breaks on me or I have a rep that I call and say, hey, this just happened with this bow and my rep doesn't take care of me, we don't carry it. And uh, my rep, Prince Watson, it's Roski, is always um, on those NLs that you're getting. He called me his and he said, hey, how many are you going to need? Because these are only going to pre-sold customers. And he takes care of me. I said, well, we've got somebody that wants them. And so they ship them to us almost immediately because we've been waiting for those forever. Um, so that's why Swarovski, you can't beat that glass. Yeah, so the glass, we carry all that, all the Swarovski and Leica and Zeiss. Yeah, that's good. And uh, especially where you're at, just because when you, uh, you know, we take it for granted. We're here. We've got everything we need in, in the Denver metro area. But when you get more out, as you called it, the rural area, uh, it is nice having something like you have, you know, you have, even if it's a couple hours away, a couple hours, isn't that big of a deal when you're already used to living in the middle of nowhere, you know, you got to travel where they exactly. can see everything, you know, firsthand and, and kind of pick through, especially in the bow side of things or Swarovski's like, yeah. you know, you almost have to look through multiple binos to find out what you like, shoot several bows and, Obviously, um, you've got to be kicking ass down there because what's your closest competition? So that would be Lubbock, which is an hour and 20 minutes away. Gotcha. And so, but as I said, like we're the, probably the largest stalking dealer for six hours from us of just about any product. Dang. Yeah, that's good. Do you, <laughs> so when you, on the, on the, uh, I guess like the tuning side of things and everything else, like I've heard nothing but great reviews about, uh, you know, with what you guys offer, but you, you guys, um, I don't want to say this and then you'd be like, damn, dude, people are going to like expect too much. But you guys do an extremely good job of sending people out the door with a, a very tuned bow, you know, flying perfect with a bear shaft. I mean, do you have any, is that all you? Do you have some people working for you? And uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm blessed. I've got um, Kate, he's been working with me for five years now. We're on our fifth year with him. And then we've got uh, a part-time guy, Jared, who works our Fridays and Saturdays, and then I've got a couple of oil field guys that come in, uh, John Barnes and John Herrera, that come in and help tune boats. Because when we're busy, we want you to be able to leave with your boat tuned. And we don't just, like you were saying, in order to do that, I had to have more help. We weren't able to do it when we have, we're setting up that many bows. And we tell you, if you come buy a bow, you're going to, if you tell me you're coming to buy uh, an Athens or whatever else is out there, and, you, and I'm going to say, well, let's shoot every bow. And then you tell me which one feels best. And then after that process, then we're going to take it and we're going to find an arrow that builds up to your draw length and your poundage. So then, I don't know, you know, Spot Hog makes the Hooter Shooter. You ever seen that? I have one. I think yes. you've used one. Yeah, you've used them. Um, we have two of those set up in our lane and we'll have a couple of bows running on at a time. And we, we, we start with a really close bear shaft tune and then we eventually start getting it where we bear shaft two to 20. That's the length of our range. So that's why we're limited to that. And then we'll broadhead tune on top of that. So we start with the bear shafts. We're usually really good when we start with the broadhead tune. And then the customer should be able to leave if they so choose broadhead tuned and out the door. I'm 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 a weirdo. So like if I went into a shop and someone wasn't going to take that time with me, I'd be disappointed dropping that with as expensive as bows are now. I mean, $2,200 on a bow setup. And then if you left and you couldn't go shoot your broadheads with your field points, that'd be really frustrating. And I'm crazy particular. If I screw up on your arrow build, we're rebuilding it right then. We're not going to sit there and just send you out the door. 
um, which I know that you're really, really knowledgeable about those things. So, like, I have guys bringing in FOCs that are absurd, like crazy. And I'm trying to tell them on this bow right here, I'm going to show you shoot. We can't even shoot it out of the hooter shooter and not have it hitting left and right because you made your spine so weak. Mm. And so we, we go back and we rebuild and we will get, we'll get a little bit higher FOC, but we're not going to be necessarily where they had it when they came in because we're having, that stuff drives me nuts. I want their arrow to shoot straight. There's a few shops that I, from what I understand, dislike some of the things we've uh, said about tuning and how bows maybe should be tuned and, you know, you should have to pay for it. But uh, yeah, that the crazy high FOC is uh, kind of, f- f- uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know Cody Greenwood, who um, yeah, he does a lot of testing, trad lab stuff, and yeah, he kind of you know, not unbeknownst to us, and I, you know, I'm lucky enough I get to shoot you know a lot of of animals, and we do a lot of testing, and <laughs> I you know, hunting with a compound, I was always around twelve, thirteen percent, maybe maybe fifteen, but you know, I never yeah. checked it, but obviously some deductive reasoning, you can get it pretty close, and the. Yeah. You know, when Ashby did his reports, there was no high-performance compound. So you really only had a choice to shoot a heavy arrow because you were shooting a stick. Where now, you have to take into that equation the uh, efficiency and speed of a modern bow uh, in comparison because you're, you're, you're gaining more efficiency than you would with a longbow. Where the longbow, you, only, exactly. you had to shoot a heavy arrow. There was no way around it. Where now, there's a lot more speed. And so does a heavier point weight help? Yes, heavier, not retarded or sorry Isaac not crazy heavy like you can't you, you know there's a pat a, 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 you hit diminishing returns and I you know I found like after 18 19 20 percent you don't see yes sir any improvement like you've yes you've, sir. you've gone the past a point of no return are you finding that kind of the same thing 100 percent 100 percent and you hear that everybody that, on high momentum on uh, Facebook 100 percent he said it becomes a spear <laughs> at that point yeah oh, yeah yeah that's I don't know if I have a video about there, a, a, a video of someone walking in the shop asking for like a, a 1100% FOC or something. Uh, but that's, that's what I deal with. And I try to, I'm able to actually show them when we're shooting them. Okay. So you brought your arrow in, but I rebuilt one just to show you so you can compare. If you want to run what you're going to run, if you really believe it, that's fine. But that 12 to 13%. So Eric White is a, um, SCADA engineer that works in the shop and is, Oh my gosh, the smartest guy I've ever met. Well, what he does is he runs all the numbers. He, he'll build us um, programs on the computer so we can check it all for that bow and see what we're winning or gaining and losing by that FOC. So we can track it down to the percentage. Uh, I, there's a lot of websites out there to do that, but he built us one. And so when we're tuning those bows, I love to show the customer. Like, there's this one arrow company that we get sent in here a lot when they send bows in or they drop them off. That is, uh, you know, 25, 35% FOC. And sometimes, they're on, a, let's say they bring in a 70 pound bow, but they're on a three or a 400 spine arrow. Well, you put that much weight up front and you just weaken the tar out of that with no weight in the rear to balance it out. And I can show them just shooting left and right. Your, your arrow's going left and right. It's not even making an impact with all human error removed. And then you build the right, like maybe 13% FOC, somewhere around there. And you can shoot perfectly straight immediately and then shoot a broadhead and blow the arrow up. And, that's what I've seen with the FOC thing. I've just had so much push for this crazy FOC that we've actually had to show, look, you're still getting crazy penetration. Look, we're going to get 79 foot-pounds of kinetic energy, but yet we are shooting perfect as opposed to shooting that, which had a little bit more energy behind it, but it's shooting terrible. We can't even tune it out of it. 
and that kind of is the the thing there is there there's a happy medium with with everything um yes sir and when when you cody covey for example um mm-hmm. for uh, a buddy of ours he for several years he shot uh really low foc and fairly light arrow weight and mechanicals he had a couple bad experiences so this year I got him some uh, 250 spine X impacts, which are fairly light for a 250 yeah. spine. You know, I loaded him up. I put 100 grain components and a 200 grain tip. He was shooting, I think, in the high 290s, and then he was down to like maybe 268, 272. Mm-hmm. Now he noticed. I mean, this is me for an advocate of of FOC of of decent FOC. You know, I told him, I right. said, dude, you're you're kind of at a point right now where you're about a perfect. Uh, you know, to me, you've got good point weight, good arrow weight and decent speed now yeah. shoot it let's say you know we got it tuned perfectly and first arrows at 80 yards out of the, out of the gate obviously you had to change the sight tape a little bit but mm-hmm. that point weight does help buck the wind you know it steers yeah. the arrow a little better it's when you go to that crazy extreme and crazy. i've i've shot the most i've ever shot so maybe if i went to 425 up front it would have been different but i've had 350 up fronts the highest i've had on a Stick bow and 275 on a compound. Stick mm-hmm. bow wasn't a problem. I still backed it down to 300 total. But with the compound, once you get past that 2 to 225 up front, you're really kind of, well, one, you're going past the point of tw- no return, but you start getting averse, adverse effects in tuning to where you are giving up accuracy and good arrow flight yes. for a number that is kind of bullshit. Um, yeah. And and I do see guys just flip out over this. The the thing that I see though is most guys that are on that crazy FOC don't, you know, I, I hate to blueprint it. They don't kill a whole lot. And it it and I'm not I'm not saying that across the board because I'm sure there are tons of guys. But the thing when you shoot animal after animal with a certain percentage of FOC and you see the damage it's doing, it's pretty hard to right. sell me on, you know, something you know, a 28% FOC. And then they'll say, well, if you were hunting Asian water Buffalo, well, I'm fucking not right. I'm not hunting, <laughs> hunting white tails and elk, right. A mule deer. So it's yeah. like if I was hunting Asian water Buffalo, well, yeah, maybe I'd change things up a bit, a little bit heavier, air, a little bit heavier point weight. But we're, last time I checked, Frank, when's the last Asian water Buffalo you shot? <laughs> Is that what they call them? Yeah. Corbin, you, you shoot many of them. Yeah, not none for me. Okay, well, all right. Well, we're 100% out of three guys right now. So, I mean, I guess for you, how many people are you getting coming in that are are really pushing that, you know, crazy FOC now? Because it seems to be the craze. It is the craze. And I would say, so there's certain areas of people that come into our shop. I mean, we have people from all the country that will drive in or fly in. And so there's certain areas that I see it more from. And also, I'll give you... I'm not going to say it's everyone or the majority, but I'll probably put it at 49% of the of individuals that bring their own arrows in have some absurd FOC on it that they built on their own, which I'm fine with. It's great. But then we have a difficult time tuning because of that insane FOC. Um, and they're, they're actually getting to the point where they, they're having to point of diminishing returns because they've weighed an arrow so down. So, so far down that like a bow that we could get, a, like you said, a 260 speed out of, we wound up getting down to two something. Because they took, they didn't know actually how to build the arrow with that correct FOC. So a, a large majority, large minority, but forty nine percent. And I, I would imagine, what are some? Uh, I, I got to think that uh, you've seen some pretty, some crazy shit in, in running a pro shop. And what what are some of the more? Uh, 
highlighted things of when the guy left, you were like, my God, uh, you know, as far as like, whether it be, I've seen, um, you know, guys shooting multiple different arrows and different broadheads, different point oh weights. I, I saw a dude at a pro shop. He actually worked for it when he let the bow down the string and the cam rolled his stomach fat up, um, in it. Uh, there was another guy when oh. those string silencers, what were that? A switchback. When he let the bow down, his fingers slid and then his fingers were wedged between the string silencer and the string, um, up by the top cam. Uh, you got any stories like that? Dry fires? Well, anything exciting? Yeah, I had a Raven dry fired in the shop. That's a crossbow, which, you know, whatever, but as a, it was a high performance crossbow dry fire the other day without even a, an arrow in it, just pulled the trigger. And that thing shoots an arrow almost 500 feet per second. We can imagine the, the damage. For me, honestly, we were doing a broadhead tune for one of our um, customers that was going. He's 12, and he was going on a caribou hunt on his broadhead, and we were broadhead tuning. And we walked into the shop, and me and him were shooting together. 20 yards, his broadhead tuning, everything was going fantastic. But then I was I was going to be, okay, I'm going to teach him something. So I said, okay, whenever you pull your broadheads out, you got to be really careful because you can fling them and cut yourself. So I pushed it through the target and unscrewed the broadhead screwed it back on the arrow and me and him were walking back to the, to the 20 yard line. And I, you ever tap your arrows in your hand? Like as you're walking, kind of tap them against your hand or uh, something. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm doing that and I tap it against my wrist with a broadhead. <laughs> and if, on our Instagram, there's a picture of my hand open from the middle of my palm down my wrist into my forearm. And I cut 75% of my nerve that runs up my hand there. It was not painful because the nerve was cut. That was probably, that's probably the craziest thing we've seen in the shop was me doing that to myself after teaching the kid to be careful with broadheads. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're announcing it like a man. You, you took it, I guess. Yeah. I I think the worst I've ever done like that is pulling out a Ram cat out of a, Mm. um, a block target and my hand slipped down right when the air was coming out. And then I, you know, those things are sharp on the backside and, you know, cut it straight to the bone, bled like, like crazy. But, um, you get very many dry fires, things like that, uh, you know, in there. And, and do you have a sign on the, the wall that says you dry fire it, you bought it? <laughs> uh, we are, we always walk down to like five yards of the customers. So we haven't had a lot of dry fires. We've had probably in the new shop, probably only three. And that's, I don't know, Kate is very particular on safety. That guy is like a, a military general, but he's not in the military, but he'll go in there and be like, get behind the line, get behind the line. <laughs> So we don't have that a lot of knock and error. We've had a lot of bows draw back that have been caught first. We we haven't had got to laugh at many people on their dry fires yet at the opportunity. <laughs> we get a lot brought in. We get a lot brought in though. Um, we have a lot of bows brought in with you in these cases now. Either your arrows can be in the case with it, and they'll leave their broadheads on. And in the middle of a hunt, they bust their bow open just like a dry fire because their broadheads hit the string. Yeah, that's not good. No, we do a lot. What would you say is your number one uh, package, right? Not not package, but meaning, do you is a like a VXR thirty one point five spot hog sight? Like, what's your 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 general? Um, I mean, I'm sure it's across the board. But what would you say you guys sell more than anything as far as you know, bow rest sight that kind of thing? I think you mentioned spot hog earlier, but so spot hogs are number one sight um, all day. Second's gonna be black gold. So when we do spot hogs, we um, you know they have their multi pins. I do the two pin fast eddy. Um, verticals are most popular site and then we then we do the ascent verdicts that we have black gold make us our custom head on those and we do a five pin on those with bottom pins of point bottom two pins of 0.010s 
and so those are for, and then our bow, our most popular bow right this year is the 31 and a half, um, and like 75 pounds. We sold more 75 pound bows this year than I could ever imagine. And then rest wise, the QAD, those integrates are hard to not run on a Matthews or any of the bows that have that integrate option because you have the micro tuning. And then the second rest would probably be the uh, ham skis. And then third would be those H, the um, AAEs. Oh, uh, the prophecies? Yes, sir. Gotcha. Yeah, yes, that's what sir. I got on, on my bow. Um, They're great. I love them. Yeah, I like being able to lock it up like you do. I've had good luck with it. And, I've, and you know, I've, I've never broken one, so that's obviously a big positive. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, the um, do you get much traditional archery traffic down there? Uh, thanks to you. <laughs> but, yes, we have. We started to build a lot recently because of the popularity of it. Um, we went from maybe doing, let's say we did 100 traditionals in a year, to now we're going to move 300, um, which is a lot for a small little shop. And that is the last year. Traditional has just increased dramatically. We've got a kid down here, um, his name's Ryan Barnes. He's in college, and he comes down and helps with our traditional stuff. And when people see it and the difficulty and the challenge of how you, how much more of a challenge it is, where you're having to shoot it all the time, you're having to practice, and then the, the time that it takes to set up the bow and actually tune a recurve, um, we have some people that have really bought into it and are really getting back to the traditional side and enjoying it. So we're starting to do a lot more. And, and I told you this the other day, but when they came, when the people come in, I want Aaron Snyder set up. Well, which one? Which one do you want to set up? How do you want to set up? <laughs> it does change a bit. <laughs> you need a signature bow, man. I yeah, call it the schnizzle. Yeah. yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. The uh, yeah. What are you doing, uh, Satori's, or what? What do you What are you carrying for traditional? Mainly bows? Hoyt Satori's, um, and then we we carry like a, a midline crossbow um, from PSE, their Heritage series, but mainly Satori's in here. It's funny. I've I've asked Hoyt three or four times recently how their Satori sales are, and they haven't told me. I'm I'm assuming it's because if they tell me they're really good, I'm going to bug them for money. Uh, but I haven't gotten a direct <laughs> answer out of them yet. Uh, I would assume just the amount of questions I've got, their their Satori sales are up quite a bit. Oh, I, yeah. I've got a buddy that owns a shop out in California called West Coast Archery, and he we talk about kind of what their trends are in the area. And he's from Corbin, you know, we can't keep Satori's in. We have so many people moving to traditional now. And it's a, it's a trend that's changing that we weren't expecting. It's that dramatic. Well, there you go. See, Hoyt, Jeremy, yeah. if you're listening, I'll take a hat, <laughs> a smoothie. Don't they do trucks? I feel like there's a Hoyt truck somewhere. Maybe yeah. a hot dog. Yeah. Can I get something? <laughs> Can I sniff your breath for like 35 cents? What was that? <laughs> Spinner rims. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, what what the hell was that? What movie? What movie? I think it was uh, Kid Ro- or Chris Rock. <laughs> and he's like, "Can I get a rim?" Yeah. And yeah. he's like, let me give you 25 cents and smell your breath. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the good old days. So what do you got planned? Anything uh, as far as like uh, future expansion? Or, are you sticking with what you got? Are you going to do anything different? We we love what we're doing right now, um, just in the shop that we're at. Other than um, I'm, I'm going to make it to where I can hunt more. You know, I get I go on like four-day weekend hunts, and I'm going to make it to where I get to hunt more. I want to I want to I want to kill as much stuff as you're killing a year, but uh, that's the only difference. Um, we we will probably move further north, open a new shop north of us in a larger town as well. But right now we love our small town feel. Um, love small town to people to come in. You know we can walk across the street and get the people buying the Bose barbecue. And it's just it's a small town and it's fun. Oh, gotcha. What um yes sir. 
what are what all do you sell camo or anything down there or, or just the bows and optics we do we've been trying to get more camo in the shop and even with our Matthews rep telling some of the camo companies how much we move, um, we've had a hard time pulling in some brands. And so what we've got, we got Badlands in here, um, and we carry some regular, like, regular colored hunting clothes. So some tans and some grays and some browns as well from, um, different companies that are out there. Yeah, that's pretty it. much. Um, whatever anybody needs, we'll get it for them. <laughs> I'll find a way to get it for them in the, in the store. Gotcha. Um, there's not going to be an ATA show this year, correct? No, no, sir. Is the world going to end for you or is that going to really affect you? You know what it's going to do for me? It's going to let me have all my inventory. Like we, we placed a, an order with one of our arrow companies yesterday already that we normally wouldn't get to place till January. And so I'm going to have inventory in the next two weeks that we're going to be so built up with that we don't have to tell customers. No, we, Went through this many thousand arrows last week, so you're going to have to wait another week because the manufacturers aren't keeping up. So it's actually going to be a benefit for me. Well, there you have it. Up. And you don't have to wear bedazzled jeans. <laughs> yeah, and, and some boots and some, like, walk around with a cowboy hat, even though I've, uh, even if I've never moved any cows before. Um, but yeah. Is that <laughs> what they do at ATA? You know, the ATA is weird. So, well, Corbin, how old are you? I am 34. So. I've been going for since 2008, so yeah. Okay, so even in 2008, it was a different show. Yeah. So initially, the ATA show was where dealers would go to see new products, uh, place their bulk orders, um, you know, ahead of time, obviously get discounts on their orders and, uh, you know, and then get to see, like I said, the new stuff. Then it became a fashion, almost like a, God, a, rite of passage like you weren't cool unless you were at the ata like if you didn't know upload it on instagram you didn't you didn't go um that's the way i took it because i've been a few times the last time i went i'm like yeah not so much for me (laughs) but uh corbin what do you uh what's your take on that i agree i think it's a good thing for archery shops not necessarily the show but the, the organization but aside from that, you know, when I first went, I was pretty young. I placed my first Hoyt order where uh, it was insane. And, but you got to see the new bows released then. So there was hype behind it. So when you got back to the shop, everybody wanted to know what you saw and what was there. And people asked to go with me all the time. I had to explain to them. It's not like it used to be. I go and I write orders all day long. They're not releasing new bows. You don't get to see the new bows. There are, you already have them. You got them in November. So the, the excitement just isn't there for me anymore. It's just a business trip for me. Solely business, writing orders, not the, like I remember when they released the, the Bowtech Destroyer 340 or 350 there, and it was crazy. Um, no one had seen something with that much speed or limbs that looked like that. Bowtech really changed the market, but the unveiling was amazing because everybody in the show was there, and no one had seen it until January 15th or whatever. So I liked that. I liked it back then. Now it's just, I don't, it doesn't appeal to me as much to be at the show. And get sick. <laughs> yeah, I was saying, and you generally get the flu or something, streptococcus, COVID. Do you think, uh, do you guys think this year it's going to be like last year with uh, like social media? All the archery companies are going to be posting pictures with stuff blurred out again. Do you remember that from last they year? Already are. Not. Yeah, but they do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Corbin's paying more attention. Are they doing that already? I do. And um, as an archery shop owner, it, it's, uh, you know, I'm probably telling too much, but it, it kind of frustrates the tar out of me because. I have customers coming in and they, they're, they're learning about a bow that they won't even have inventory in until maybe January. And so they're, 
they but they were excited about this other bow and it ruins their excitement when this bow is just as good and amazing and fast and everything else but it's kind of a it kind of sucks for us because you have no clue what's coming and so you don't know what to tell the customers and i don't bs you in my shop i will tell you like if there's a new bow coming i'm going to tell you it's coming out you can wait or get this bow um but i don't know anything about it at all i was like okay yeah this certain select quote-unquote celebrity posted a picture of the bow blurred out i don't know even know what it looks like i have no clue (laughs) i guess levi did that because we were yeah. in Alberta and we were looking at the bow and he was having to blur out. He did a blurry stuff. picture. I took I a know. picture yeah. last year on my Instagram of a fork on my counter blurred out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had that prototype yeah. Benchmade and I was stabbing my finger with it. I got a phone call from Benchmade. I'm like, oh, oh sh- hey, I was drunk. I fucked my, up. Bad. my bad. My yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, exactly. the one good thing, like with what I do or Frank does, um, we get to see what's coming way before it comes out because we get to test it and so yep. for our specific wheelhouse we get to see probably i guess you could say what we want to like i just got you know what i can't even talk about that some new stuff from a clothing company what's it rhyme with uh, uh rain gear um, <laughs> <laughs> um some different i'll probably get in trouble for that but we get to test it and use it way before it's at the ata but that is just what's in our wheelhouse. There's so much other stuff that, you know, we're not going to get yeah. to, to see early. But, but yeah, it's definitely, you know, when I went, it was like the, the unveiling of the bows, like you talked about. First time you got to see them, where now they, they focus more on releasing on, on social media than they do, you know, you'll, you'll mm-hmm. see a, the bow come out on social way before the ATA show. So Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How much is social? Is that affect uh, social media? Like, do you have trouble? Are you trying to keep up with that? Is that, uh, I mean, obviously you're going to have to go like uh, Corbin's Archery page to enter the uh, the bow giveaway. So your social media is about to get bigger. Um, do you use that as, yeah. an, uh, as, a, as a marketing tool and an information tool? I do. And what I try to use it for is fun stuff. Like I put personal stuff on there. I put the shop stuff on there. I use it to inform people when things are coming out and then, just like we'll go on there and test something. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot instead of just only putting on YouTube, we'll throw it on Instagram because where we're at in order for me to compete with these large cities and towns, that's the only way I have reach is the social media side, but also the connection and the interaction on social media is amazing. We'll have people, um, we started a, just on our website, we've got a archery, um, it's, it's archery help at Corbin's archery.com. And what we did there is all you do is you can ask us help and then we can, connect you to our social media page where we talk about that particular thing you're asking about or shoot you a video over from YouTube. And that's what I use it for is to help mainly to help people asking questions. Cause as you know, I can only imagine how many tech questions you get because, um, but the same thing is just being able to help them. That's why I use the social media for outreach and to tell people about the new product. Yeah. I do get a lot of questions at tuning and, and some of them are good. And some of them I'm like, dude, Google that shit. That's pretty common. Like, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, well, and I mean, with tuning, um, you know, going like my own experience, you know, when I first started, I, you know, shot field points in 3D tournaments and, you know, then, oh, screw the broadhead on and it misses the target by three feet and didn't really know what to do. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, move on, you learn how to tune. And, I, you know, I can bear shaft uh, all those bows I just tested, like I bear shafted out to 40, 50, 60 yards, you know, no issue. Right. But that, you know, it takes a fairly one you need the tools right you gotta have a bow press one 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 good thing is important um 
But like bear shaft tuning, there is a point where I'm like, dude, walk away. When guys, hey man, at forty yeah. yards, my bear shaft's three inches right. I'm like, that's a that's a victory, dude. Get out of there, like pop <laughs> yeah. smoke. Like, I hope I did not misinterpret interpret, you know, my accuracy. Like, if it's in a softball at forty, a bear shaft, that's a that's a that's a victory. Like, you're doing good. Now, other people are like, hey man, I missed the bail at twenty. Uh, what should I do? I'm like, well, I need a little more info. Uh, you could suck, might be your tune. You know, I don't know. Like, what are you shooting? And 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 it's so hard for guys to when you're first starting, they just don't know. So getting info out, like with what you're doing, and we do it, it's it's important. It makes you you know makes people a better archer and and uh, you know more well rounded. But sometimes part of that is too is I'll have people send me a message that they're nowhere close to us. They bought a boat somewhere and they walk out with a crazy setup and they still have no clue why it's off or what they're not hitting at 20 yards and to me that's an issue and i love it's a fun to say hey facetime me or shoot me a video of it because you you're, you're more intelligent than me but when they send a message that's just a message and i have no, it's hard for me to understand what they're saying so I'll, sometimes i'll have them send that video and then i can say okay hey just fix this real fast your rest isn't hitting pull that cord through tie another knot on it and you're good to go so yeah some of those tuning questions though we have some guys that We'll send their bows in and we'll tune them. And I'll 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 hand shoot them to 100. I'll broadhead tune uh, to 60. But then with the hooter shooter, I know the human error was out, but I can't correct for their hand. And then we send the bow back out, and the people have never shot like that before. They've never had their bow actually tuned because they don't have a bow press. Just like you said, they don't have that opportunity to shoot through it that way, like actually work through the bow process. You know, and it doesn't take um, that much money to get set up to – you know, if you save up, like you can get a, a decent bow press for, well, it depends. But like I, when I say this, a bench mounted bow press for three or 400 bucks. Um, I think the one I have is pushing eight or 900. I got a last chance, uh, you know, with the crank on the engine on it and mm-hmm. arrow saws. What's a Weston now? 189 bucks for the 5,000 RPM like or that. something. Yeah. So, you know, a vice, you don't have to have a bow vice, but that helps levels i mean you can build it up pretty quickly um you know to get your own uh bow shop and i always tell people i'm like well you know when you go to a pro shop if you have your own stuff you're not taking any money away from the pro shop by having that because quite honestly your guys is uh you know and i'm curious to get your take on this you're too busy fixing other people's shit anyway so you're not going to mind you know they buy the bow from you you help it get built uh you know buy arrows from you everything else you're not going to look down on someone tuning their own stuff you're not, they're not taking money away from you from doing that. Uh, where I think it's a big hindrance is when they buy the crap offline, uh, they buy it from another shop and they go to you to tune it. Now that's kind of a, a black eye and an irritation. Like you don't buy tires on Amazon and then take them over to discount tire and expect them to give you the same service. If you bought the tires from them, they're going to rape you with installing them as they should. How much do you deal in with that? Um, not tires, I, I, I obviously both. <laughs> yeah, tires, yeah. How many tires do you change a year? I have guys that buy eBay bows and bring them in and we have an hourly rate and I run a business and it's not a handout. Um, we're known for our service and taking care of your bows. So when you bring in and you bought it somewhere else, you get the same rate as someone that bought it here, but we get free tunes for a year on a bow that has been bought here. And most of the time when they bring it in later, we take care of it. But when you bring it in from eBay, obviously I've got to have something to pay the three guys I've got working um, and it is frustrating for me because we could have, well, I have guys buy bows on eBay more expensive than they have and they could have bought it in here and we would have spent three hours tuning. Um, so that's something. 
that I've seen a lot of as well. You're not like rubbing um, yeah, your balls on their bow when they're like not looking, are you? When it's bought off eBay, like crop, <laughs> no, crop no, dusting we it. Take care of it. <laughs> I said no, no, no. We take care of them. We're going to give them the same service. Um, it's just we do charge for the service, and that's hard for people to understand sometimes. Well, why are you charging me to put on my rest? Well, because I'm not just going to throw it on there and throw the throw the the bolt in it and then give it to you. I'm going to go run it through paper. I'm going to make sure you're good to go. Um, just because you got it on eBay. Oh, hey, look, both your limbs are cracked on this. They tell you it's been dry fired and that it's probably going to blow up in your face and run splinters through your hands when you shoot your first arrow. Um, we have that. We have eBay bows, um, archery talk bows, um, Facebook bows that come through here that are, they bought a bow for a deal and then they have $300 set of limbs that they're having to put on because it comes in with cracked limbs too. Um, I see that a lot. It's kind of eBay bow I like. You know, I don't <laughs> want two exactly limbs. Yeah, I want 14 limbs. That's what it turns <laughs> into after it dry fires. What would you say yeah. is the, you know what? I probably shouldn't even ask you this. You can just not answer. What would be the number one bow you would stay away from? Anything specific? Um, I'm going to answer it, but I'm going to... Caveat? I I don't carry anything in my shop that I would con- be concerned with anybody shooting. But there is a... It starts with some it's some bow that's being imported into Florida that's coming through here. Um, they stole one of Matthew Mission's design that's being made in China. And it starts with an M. I forgot what it's called. And we're seeing a lot Damn of Chinese. $300 bow. And everyone that comes through is junk. I mean, and when I'm telling you junk, it's not like you're buying a midline price bow or a lower end bow. You're buying crap, like absolute crap. They're so loud that people think guns are being shot when you're shooting in the range. And I would stay away from them, but I can't think of the name of it. It starts with an M. Um, they're big time on eBay and Amazon. Gotcha. And they're dangerous. No yeah, kidding. They're, they're terrible. Huh. Yeah. Well, and I, I would imagine that's probably been sniffed out and posted a million times on our tree talk, but you know, maybe, maybe it hasn't when you buy some, and I'm not saying, you know, like I bought bows from our tree talk on classifieds all the time, but I had my own gear to, to tune it. And I try to explain kind of like what we're talking about now to people when I get these questions, like, man, you can buy a used bow and a pro shop will take care of it. You're just going to yeah. have to, to pay them, right? You're going to, you're going to have to pay the piper mm-hmm. because you, you know, that's just how life works. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but, you know, when you buy a used bow, like, you would never want to buy a used compound from me. I beat the shit out of them. Like, they're... <laughs> exactly. They've been used. So, usually when I, I just give it to a buddy or I'll sell it, like, super cheap. But, you know, recurves are a little different. They can take quite a bit more abuse. Um, but, you know, with a with a compound, when you're, you know, you're you're buying... when you When you buy from a pro shop, which I strongly urge people to do, you're buying the service, right? You're buying the warranty, the fact that you'll keep helping them, you know, tune it or, or if there's an issue where they, you know, you, you bend a cam, you're, you know, if, if, if you don't carry the bow that they have, they're going to have to wait guaranteed for any parts to come in, any limbs. You may not have a great um, rapport with that specific bow manufacturer because you may not be a dealer. You may not even be able to get the part very easily. So, Supporting your local right. shop is, is important. Yeah, I, and we appreciate it when people do, too. And um, that's one thing. I had a bow come in that was bought from us, and there was an issue with it. And I called my rep and said, you know, this is this customer's in here all the time. They never do anything other than in our shop. And my rep said, we're going to warranty that. And I don't think that it probably should have been a warranty thing, but they took care of me, and so I was able to take care of the customer and had no expense out for the customer. Um, that's where there's some benefits to that. Whereas if that bow had been bought somewhere else, I'm probably, I'll tell my rep, you know, this is what these are the pictures and the pictures in, and they may not warranty it. 
more than likely won't. Gotcha. Well, there you, there you have it. Um, well, man, um, I probably, I hate to cut this short, but we got a meeting to go to and we've covered gotcha. some, some good stuff here, but, uh, just so everybody understands what we're going to do, um, you know, if you listen to this podcast, hop on, uh, either my, uh, uh, social media, my Instagram page or Corbin's, uh, you're, there's going to be some other companies involved, you know, products for a spot hog or whatever, uh, for setting up the bow. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you basically just follow Corbin's archery, uh, along with whoever else we put on there, tag a buddy and, uh, you'll be entered to win, um, you know, this bow through Corbin. So, man, I, I really appreciate, uh, you, you know, you doing that and we'll kick this thing off, uh, next week for the giveaway. Once we release the podcast, um, but man, that's awesome that you're doing that. I really appreciate it. Thanks for letting me. Thanks for letting me come on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, no, no problem at all. And I, and I, I may be going down uh, to whack a mule deer with you uh, for anybody tuning in. So uh, if Corbin gets me a giant deer, then uh, I'm probably gonna uh, probably have to do more than just put you on the podcast. So thank you. Yeah. Buy a can hey, of Copenhagen. Hey, well, also, you're gonna come down and shoot some crane with your recurve. Cranes? I don't know if you shot the rib out of the sky yet. Oh, sandhill cranes! Jesus, I'll shoot at yep. them. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, you'll you'll be killing them. We can do it. So get ready for that hunt. We'll do that at the same time. What camo do you need for that? Uh, peas and carrots? Do we? What do you got? Anything <laughs> specific? Do we, do we go in there like Snow White camo? Dress up like a crane? <laughs> no, we're, we're in the desert, so you're, anything that you want to wear will work because we can blend in with the dirt. <laughs> well, there you have it. All right, I'm gonna be <laughs> shooting cranes. I didn't know that. They taste good though. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, we fry. I fry them up kind of like you would a chicken strip, and um, they're phenomenal. They're Jesus, really good. Why is everything I'm not deep fried like in Texas? <laughs> You're gonna make me fat. <laughs> hey, what are you eating? Oh, a deep fried crane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, cool, man. I really appreciate you you hopping on here for everybody tuning in. Go check out Corbin's Archery. Uh, actually, what is it? What is it? The uh, website and uh, your Instagram page. So it's Corbin's Archery, and that's spelled with a K K O R K O R B I N S Archery. So Corbin's Archery, and then that you can find us on every single bit of social media that there is through Corbin's Archery. If you Google it, it'll pull us up. Gotcha. Perfect. Well, there you go. And uh, guys, if uh, you've had a really bad year, you haven't hit shit, you've been bow hiking, you can also <laughs> sit on the couch and Corbin will talk about you, about your feelings and your issues. It, that costs <laughs> right. extra, though. <laughs> That's right. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate y'all. Yeah, no problem, man. Take it easy. Thanks again. Thanks. Yes, sir. Thanks.